I wish them a lot of luck. It's a lot of hard work, but the end result is well worth it. And I think our community uh, said that when we built uh, the new high school. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at WFPR.FM and in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial at 102.9. Here today for a town council quarterbacking session with our town council chair, Tom Mercer. Tom, how are you doing today? Uh, Well, uh, I'm starting to warm up a little after (laughs) a very, very cold weekend. Very cold (laughs) weekend. Yes. All's good. All's good. Yep, we'll keep it at that because we've got a council meeting to kind of condense for the folks. It wasn't that long. It was about a two-hour, 20 meeting or so, but we'll condense it for the folks. And for the new folks, yeah, that's what we attempt to do. You know, what just happened here? Uh, What does it mean for Franklin residents and taxpayers? And for the regulars, you're back again. Thank you for that. We appreciate that. And we'll just dive right in. So you started out the meeting with uh, a couple of swearing-ins for the fire department, a new hire, backfilling, and a promotion. Yes. Uh, again, we love having these come before the council and be recognized in front of the community. Uh, but we had a new uh, fire department employee, Kristen Krause, uh, and uh, she's, a uh, again, a paramedic that... Uh, has just come on board and looking forward to uh, uh, joining our team. And I think she's in the fire academy uh, soon or 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 just going in now next week. And uh, so we look forward forward to her finishing uh, her time at the academy and coming back and getting on board. Mm. Yep, goodness. Yeah, good stuff. And then the second one was a promotion within the fire department. And again, this is, uh, it's a good one uh, for the community. A good one for me personally, because I've known Billy Blanchard uh, all his life. Uh, His father and I, father and mother, uh, we grew up together. so, Uh. uh, So I know the family very well. But Bill was promoted to... EMS Battalion Chief, uh, which puts him in charge of all of our emergency medical services. So uh, congratulations to Bill, and I know he'll do a magnificent job. He's been doing a great job for us up to now, and I'm sure he'll continue continue in his new, uh, in his new role. Mm. And I think that will tee us up for a piece we'll develop a little bit more later on this agenda but he he was also referenced if i recall in the ambulance rates right that was one of his things you know bill was working on the bills (laughs) absolutely we'll get into that a little later (laughs) okay all right and then you had a couple of licensed transactions um the first up was the daisy's ones that you uh addressed as the council back in October in your first session as to approve the special authorization for this plus one to effectively change. So we're not getting a plus one, another one. It's just a switch of the license for that particular operation. 
Correct. Correct. So basically we had to uh, petition the state to get, or they had to petition the state to get a plus one license, uh, which uh, they did and were successful in getting it through uh, the state house. So, and then uh, obviously it comes back to us as a council, as a licensing body. So uh, it came back on uh, Wednesday night and uh, it was approved by the council. Uh, there were a few uh, uh, people in the audience and there were a couple of three uh, butters that uh, weren't in favor of it. Uh, but, you know, there's a very strict criteria that we have to uh, uh adhere to and granting or not granting these licenses. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, competition is not one of those uh, things that you can deny a license on. So uh, so that license was approved. And, uh, you know, we wish uh, Scott Corvey, who's the manager of Mad Deli at doing business at Daisy's Market uh, and, uh, you know, wish them well going forward. And I'm sure uh, the community overall will be watching because while competition is not one, there are some other factors, uh, clearly safety <laughs> of the individuals, and they have had, knock on wood, a good record so far. So let's hope they Absolutely. continue to keep that. So Yes, correct. And just so that people understand and you Hit a good point on it the plus one they currently have a barren wine and now they get a common victuals uh uh but the barren wine doesn't become available you right. know it's just a, it's a just, plus one so we've been added one license common victuals a uh, plus one license if in fact this was ever to this can this one can never be sold right or beyond the uh Yep. Yeah. So if Daisy's goes away, the license does as well. And then you had a transfer for uh, new business coming in at mobile. And apparently the ownership changed there. So you had to go through the right. paperwork to approve that. Exactly. And that was a transfer of uh, uh, manager to Rashank Patel as the manager of the mobile located at 660 West Central. So, and that's something that, you know, we have to do by law. So that's kind of something that's done quite frequently as managers change within these different uh, local businesses. Mm -hmm. So, As you're, for the listeners, for, especially for the new ones, in your role as town council, you effectively are the mm -hmm. uh, issuing agent for the alcohol licenses on behalf of ABCC for Franklin. So mm -hmm. they approve, but then you have the local approval. And then we got into a good discussion and an update for a story that will be developing further down the road for Tri-County, building a new school. And uh, that's something you've had some familiarity with, and they're going to try to do something uh, that's going to be a little challenging with their 11 communities to serve. Exactly. Uh, and uh, I want to thank Karen McGuire for coming uh, before us and giving giving us, us an update. And uh, basically uh, what they uh, proposed to MSBA is four options, a base building repair, an addition, renovation, 
uh, of 313,000 square feet. And an addition, in a, another addition renovation, an option four, and then a new construction, option three. And as we found out when it was our turn to do it, uh, whether to renovate or build new, the cost of a renovation is almost because of the public bidding laws and so forth. Mm -hmm. It's almost a wash uh, when you get into renovation versus new construction. Obviously, a renovation uh, on the forefront is uh, a little less money, but not a lot less money. Right. And uh, having been involved in a renovation uh, edition project, uh, I think I alluded to that night. Uh, Horace Mann, if I recall. Yeah, it was Horace Mann. And uh, you talk about change orders, and that's kind of a, a nasty word with a school building committee chair or any building committee chair or, or building committee is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you try and keep change orders to a minimum. And I can tell you with the new high school, we had six change orders, uh, the brand new high school. Right. And uh, RS Man, there were 78 change orders. Uh, just because until you open it up, you don't know what you're going to find right. behind the walls. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is kind of what they, they're looking at. And the MSBA, uh, they're going to come back to uh, the school and tell them exactly what what's going to be the best avenue for Tri-County to go into, uh, whether it be building a new school or adding on and renovating. And mm -hmm. I believe uh, it's going to come back as a, you know, as a new building project, because on top of all that, how do you continue to run a school uh, or keep a school open? Uh, fortunately, when we built the new high school, uh, we were able to keep them in the old high school right up until we were ready to move into the new and uh, so anyway, they this is a it's a long process. They're, they're very early uh, into the process. There's like eight stages, I think, and uh, they're approaching uh, three, or they're somewhere in the middle of three, uh, three to four, being getting into schematic design uh, from feasibility into schematic design. So. Uh, and then it will, will come to a vote of the 11 communities that are that actually are part of the Tri-County Regional Volk School. I think unaware to a lot of folks is how the local vote goes for uh, voting a debt exclusion or uh, this project, because, you know, uh, it'll be a 270 plus million dollar project uh, of which they'll be reimbursed somewhere between 50 and 60. Uh, that's broad range as mm -hmm. 50 and 
percent, and uh, which is not dissimilar to where we were uh, when we built the high school. Uh, and our high school was 103, I think, 104 at the time. Yep. Uh, but again, that was eight years ago. Uh, and actually, when we went out to bid, it was 10 years ago. So, <laughs> uh, so some of those things have changed. But anyway, the 11 communities will vote, and they will the the uh, debt exclusion question will be on the ballot all on the same day. Every community will vote the same day. And it's a combined vote of all the communities. Uh, so that uh, all 11 communities will total up and the total yes votes against the total no votes. And it's a simple majority vote. So that's how it will be decided. Uh, you know, uh, obviously no date has been set for the uh, vote, but uh, they're guessing it's going to be somewhere early fall, maybe September. Uh, so uh, that's where they are with this project. Uh, they will be coming out with uh, more uh, public presentations. Uh, they'll come before the council at least a couple more times mm -hmm. uh, prior to that vote as they get into uh, the design of the project. And so uh, I wish them a lot of luck. It's a lot of hard work, but the end result is well worth it. And I think our community uh, said that when we built uh, the new high school. You know, we had a two-thirds uh, majority vote of uh, to build the new high school, and I think uh, everybody's very pleased with the outcome. And I don't see that this will be any different. Yeah, the the ch the challenge I'll pick up on in particular, just to elaborate on some of your points. Um, and I will have conversations with Nancy Danello, our town clerk. She's already been part of a clerk meeting of all the 11 communities they've got additional scheduled as they come together in terms of working determining what's the date what's the process the vote details etc so there's more coming on that one they will have joint school committee and school building committee meetings uh, throughout yeah. the spring right uh, and, and then, they will have public forums that's where i was going right. yes yeah. yeah and the schematic design report from msba for approval they're hoping to present the schematic design to MSBA sometime in June at their June meeting. Mm -hmm. And for yeah. those who don't know the acronyms, MSBA is Massachusetts School Building Authority. Correct. Yeah. And I think the other piece that we can expand on just slightly is um, the change orders. So effectively, when you build anything, you've got a contract and a set of designs and the builder has to follow those designs. And then to your point, to the extent that it's a renovation, once you start opening a wall, figuring to go some way to do something, and then it's not the way you thought it was going to be, <clears throat> you just can't, you, you have to do, do something and that results in a change order. And generally those are going to be more money because it's more work. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, for, for all intensive purposes, that's where a lot of these contractors 
make their money uh, because you know you have no time to prepare and uh, and bid it, so to speak. You just have to do it, mm-hmm. and uh, you're kind of at their mercy. Uh, you know, the building committees obviously uh, fight as much as they can, but and you're you know that's when your uh, your project manager really comes into play and really helps the community in fighting that fight and negotiating that change order to where it's a feasible, reasonable number. Right. And Franklin certainly is positioned to continue to benefit. I believe we're approximately 15% of the uh, thousand students. So we're give or take around 140, 150 uh, students that are participating there. We've actually grown a little bit from the prior year. And as was discussed, clearly the need as in other places we've been hearing, you know, especially with uh, the clean, the climate change and the new electrification of a variety of things, this kind of skill set that can come out of Tri-County is critically required. Um, There's a a bigger debate even at the state level as to should there be more instead of, you know, just what we have. I think it's what, 26 vocationals throughout the state. Um, So... Yeah, this is the one we have. We're part of 11 and our vote's going to matter. So more yes, to come on that certainly one. Is. Absolutely more to come. And then a couple of the pieces of legislation for action, uh, bylaw and with the bill on bill we were talking about, uh, you made a minor change to the uh, ambulance rates to uh, account for reimbursement and our our fair share according to our competitors. As I understand. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And what we do is we we review on an annual basis. And uh, to our point a little earlier, uh, Bill Blanchard, who uh, is our new EMS battalion chief, uh, really, along with our chief and the in the whole fire department administration, work very hard in you know uh, tracking these uh, tracking the rates, comparing them with uh, neighboring communities. And this was uh, our opportunity to take a look at what our rate was uh, or what our rates were and what they should be moving forward. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it's uh, something that needs to be adjusted on an annual basis because just the cost of the medical costs from year to year, mm. uh, never mind uh, uh, labor and uh, equipment and, uh, you know, cost of new ambulances, <laughs> all yeah. of these things. Uh, so many so- moving parts. Yes. Yes. And where, especially where we're in that kind of liquid stage uh, to the extent that inflation may be here is here how much is it here um things are relatively dynamic so perhaps and i think this we had done it what a couple of years ago and this was uh time yeah. again to at and, least and adjust it's really it. not it's really not a major uh number because in fact the als uh base rate one didn't change the als rate two didn't change the bls rate did uh, and it was fifteen hundred and fifty-three dollars 
and it went up to sixteen nineteen. So it went up, you know, sixty-five dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and the mileage rate, uh, obviously, with the cost of gas, fuel, everything sure. else, uh, went up uh, 70, 69 cents, mm-hmm. uh, thirty-seven to thirty-eight. So, right. Yeah, and most of those are if you will, interagency charges. It's nothing that generally would hit anybody who is, you know, fully covered with insurance. They're exactly. they're they're getting interbilled on that. Correct. Yeah. And then segue in terms of equipment costs. Uh the chief came and we had an opportunity under a short timeline <laughs> to actually begin the purchase and i think begin is the key because it's what a 24 to 36 month lead time yes it's it's 24 and again here's a case of uh the town administration uh town administrator as well and more explicitly to the uh our fire department uh fire chief and his administrative team and looking out to the future and looking to what our needs are. And obviously, uh, you know, our ladder truck's 15 years old, roughly. And, um, you know, it's, it's time. And as we build more and more of these condo complexes, these mm-hmm. four story buildings, the need becomes greater. And, you know, uh, if for some reason the truck is down, the ladder truck is down, uh, that could be very costly for the community. And over the course of, you know, the last couple of years, I think, or last, uh, there were 140, uh, 149 days that a truck was out of service since February 2019, right? which that's a significant amount of time for mm-hmm. different. And, you know, uh, the engine that's in it is an engine. The company is no longer in business. Yeah. So it gets harder and harder to get parts, which means it takes longer and longer to fix. Right. Uh, so uh, it, uh, I applaud the efforts of, thinking outside the box and looking at the long range and saying, hey, let's look at maybe getting in line now. And as they looked out to the future, they saw that, uh, uh, you know, we could place an order now. Uh, It wouldn't be ready, nor would we pay for it until we took delivery, which could be three years out. Right. Uh, So, uh, I look at this as a huge uh, uh, thanks to the fire department, fire administration, uh, to looking out there and seeing that we could place the order that day, <laughs> actually the next day, mm-hmm. uh, because there was a 2% increase, which, you know, on one point, Nine million dollars is a lot of money. Thirty-seven thousand uh, dollars, I think, was quoted. Yeah, <laughs> thirty-eight thousand dollars, thirty-seven or thirty-eight thousand, uh, which is a lot of money. Sure. And they were able to talk 
since our meeting was on February 1st, they were able, able to speak with the manufacturer who agreed to give them a 24 hour uh, leeway. And as long as we place the order before five o'clock on the second that they mm -hmm. would offer sure. prior price. So right. uh, obviously we unanimously voted uh, in favor of that. Uh, and, uh, you know, we look forward to, you know, two to three years when, when it does come online. Uh, you know, our thought process at this stage is uh, we would probably keep the current ladder truck for any of those days that are down mm -hmm. to minimize our exposure, sure. uh, not having a ladder truck in town. Because like anything, if you were, you know, not all of our neighboring communities uh, have ladder trucks. Yeah, especially so, that type. Yeah. Yeah, yep. exactly. So it's uh, uh, it's a huge need. And I do think, and I think to the, I think the chief mentioned there's currently over 70 buildings in town that is three stories or larger, and right. we've got another seven coming. Yep. So uh, those are those are big numbers. So uh, nope. again, I'd like to thank the chief uh, and his administrative team and the town administrator and his team for uh, their foresight and getting this in front of the council in a, a time frame that allowed us to take uh, the best advantage of pricing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, timely and cost savings. And I think uh, one of the other pieces to add to what you said um, during the presentation, as I recall, clearly, you know, life saving is a key factor. No question. How do you yeah. put a price on a life? But the equipment and the building savings, I recall the mention was of the Franklin Crossing fire, which, as people may recall, it was kind of an extended building. And the first two sections were where the fire started. But with the use of the tower, they were able to wet and prevent the fire spread, hence additional damage. And that's cost savings as well. Um, Absolutely. And Absolutely. to the extent that we've got 70 already and more coming, and potentially even more beyond that once the other density zoning comes along. We don't know what that's going to be. I think it's definitely prudent and uh, timely to reinforce that point as well as cost savings. And, you know, Franklin likes to get a big bang for his buck. So this is going to be a good one. Yeah, I feel the same way, Steve. Yep. And then we can close. I think uh, you had another gift acceptance, relatively minor in this case, but it's still important. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, it doesn't surprise me, but it's uh, I just love to see the continued support from uh, the community continue to support our uh, public safety, whether it be police, fire, our seniors, all of the things that the library uh that the generous people of our community continue to make donations to uh these different departments and we can't thank them enough and i like to continue to thank them on a regular basis uh, so grateful to live in this community and grateful as well for you taking time today to condense that meeting so that those who are listening can uh listen to it in the shorter version and then if they need to can certainly dive into the to the longer version. Thank you, Steve. 
Thank you. And I'm sure we'll be talking again fairly soon. I'm and sure we will. Because there is a whole lot happening. Yes. And for the Franklin likes listening, we do this, of course, because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.